Hey, greetings, fellow slingers. It's your trusted handler, Brian. I know I've been on a rampage for several weeks talking about the homebrew Delta Green AP under a pale moon and how it's always coming, always on the horizon. Well, you know what? Here it is. But as always, we've got a little bit of business to conduct before the episode begins, and I'm not alone in giving you the business. Nope, i got my hard slingers with me. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to have them hit the ground running, and they're each going to give a brief synopsis of what their character's doing for the agency, Delta Green. So let's start with some respect and let our elder go first. Tone Dog. <laughs> I'm playing Agent Polly Adesso, a sailor assigned to the Naval Intelligence Unit, specifically assigned to the Transnational Threat Department, otherwise known as the TNT. Polly joined the Navy when he was 18 years old to see the world. He tested very high on his ASVAB test and was placed into the Naval Intelligence School where he excelled, graduating the top 5% of his class. Now 26-year-old, he's been promoted through the ranks over the last eight years to a petty officer first class. He has noted just a pattern of threats that seem to indicate a supernatural threat to the country. Smart enough to keep it to himself, he has become more and more obsessed with an unraveling threat and finding its source. The TNT provides the Office of Naval Intelligence with capabilities based upon achievements of global maritime intelligence integration. TNT also partners with analysis from the Naval Criminal Investigation Service, Multiple Threat Analysis Center, and the U.S. Coast Guard Intelligence Coordination Center. They partner with them to provide in-depth analysis on counter-illicit weapons proliferation, narcotic smuggling, and maritime crime and privacy. Polly is the father of a four-year-old by the name of Joaquin. As assigned in Washington, D.C., he met a Norwegian woman by the name of Sena and took up with her, although he refuses to marry her, which has caused a rift between himself and his mother and brother, who both say that they should make an honest woman out of her and bring her into the family, get married, and have a legitimate entire family organization. He has decided he didn't really want to do that, and so his mom and his brother have both become estranged to him. Well, that's excellent. I'm sorry, other brothers, other hard slingers. Uh, I think we're out of time, though. <laughs> Thank goodness. <laughs> Sammy, yeah, why don't you tell hours later? Yeah, tell us a little about uh, Ichimaru. I am Ichimaru Kimura, the last member of my clan. I was Yakuza. Now I am with Delta Green. The things I saw with Yakuza were mere mortal issues. Death, honor, sacrifice, revenge, redemption. But what we deal with now goes beyond the realms of mortal men. I weary of this life for every time we solve one of the problems Delta Green has, more arise. So much more now that it has driven the blade between myself and my family. I have not seen them in months. My son Kage, my wife, my teacher, they are all lost to me at the moment and without them, I am lost. And I wonder if it's even a point continue down this path 
fighting against these outside forces? Or is it better to spend the last remaining moments on this earth with my family? Maybe teaching my son Kage how to fight against this all-consuming do. How y'all doing? <laughs> on a side note, let's... Uh, <laughs> well, on a let's side note, is it is it appropriate that we establish new bonds with fellow agents like for instance each and i have been on no less than five missions together That's each of us the, yeah yeah you, you guys will have established <laughs> you guys do have an established bond with one another at this point okay. and so as you start as you start suffering bonds with the other people mm -hmm. you take up bonds with those who you've been in the trenches with right. brother ratke let's hear what you got to say about uh romeo ramirez so <clears throat> that would be Dr. Ramirez to you because oh. uh, uh, Romeo Ramirez, not his real name, is a former collegiate professor. He's well educated in the line of duty in academia. Um, he got sucked into some things. Um, I've gone through all this on another stream, but uh, after losing out on the academic path, um, he's kind of a trust fund kid. He's got a great charisma about him. Uh, got a great way with people he, seeing the dark weirdness that's out there the um strange monsters and stuff that creeps in the shadow i think it excited him and um he's already got a bit of a weird streak himself so he was drawn to it and um the the intelligence inside of him wants to tell that story and get it out there and what he does for the agency is he takes the truth as weird as it is and he'll either twist it weirder or he'll make it less weird. And then he puts that out there because he knows there's no stopping this. It's going to come out of every crack and cranny. And to him, it's his job just to like control the way it comes out and to try to protect what he can while also protecting himself and try to make money while he's doing it. Well, you know, let's, uh, every one of those reasons for why your agents are currently with us right now is just incredible incredible enough to give out some gold doubloons so let's give three of them out one for each window one for each excellent yeah. <laughs> you know where it goes to one well, for each <laughs> that about does it for our hard slingers intros uh don't forget to write in the show during our delta green ap's if I or any of the hard slingers roll a crit, not just a hard 20, but anytime we roll a successful crit with our D10s, be the first to write in the show at rollthehard20podcast at gmail.com, and I'll send you out a D20, a genuine fake gold balloon, and a sticker with our newest logo on it, because it looks fucking awesome. That it looks just like what our guys have right behind them right now. Don't forget, check us out on our YouTube channel at rollthehard20, and without any Further delay, let's warm up our dice and top off our glasses. Roll the Hard 20 podcast presents our Delta Green scenario, episode one, Under a Pale Moon. Oh! Ooh. Where's Waldo?
<laughs> Where's Waldo? So you all caffeinated out there, Dave? Yeah, man. Got the uh, Death Wish coffee in me, so this should be fun. Good. What are you guys sipping on? Doing a Modelo. Oh. I have Costco coffee. Uh, there we go. Jameson IPA edition. So how's everyone been doing? Is it just each? Not even agent each, just each. 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 That's what everyone calls me anyways. To e- agent each is like Captain Ron. Because it's not even his last name. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> I always thought that was hilarious. So how are my hard slingers? We we ready to, to do this, man? We are ready. The hard slingers oh. of your and the new slinger of of that is Here, right. So your, maybe go. <laughs> ready to hear some old stories about our friend Ryder and find out where that nickname came from. So uh, I've got it. my theories, Brian. Well, they're all good theories, I'm sure. But only one of them is correct. That's really going to be the mystery we're solving tonight on this Delta Green. Oh, Just man. ask Weaver. <laughs> oh, there goes Tone. What? Hey. Yeah, and you, uh, he spelled your last name wrong, dude. Is it Odesso? Odessa? Agent Odessa? I think it's Odessa. Not Odesso. It's Odessa. O-D-E-S-S-A. What's the background? What's the You going to come back and play with this tone? or? Yeah, I'm here. Can you guys still hear me? I can hear you. I just can't see you. Yeah, you misspelled your last name. There we go. I misspelled my own name. All right, hold on a sec. Let me do that. Let me go rename here. Was it Polly or Paulo, by the way? Polly. Uh. The actual name was Paulo. He goes by Pauly. So is that Italian Greek? S-S-O. Yeah, there was only one. Yeah, only one. Oh boy, the internet gods are not fight, not happy tonight. You keep fighting this tone. Yeah, there we go. Should be okay now. Mm-hmm. 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 Are we ready to play? We're ready. All right, let's do this. Greetings, fellow slingers. Welcome back to World of Hard 20 Podcast. It is I, your trusted handler, Brian. And with me, my hard slingers of your and new. Yeah, we are playing our Delta Green scenario under a pale moon. So, let me lead us in. It's December 23rd, 1230 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Oakland, California, the Marsh Landing Wharf. We see a houseboat murred in one of the many occupied slips, its paint chipped and flaking. The windows in its portholes are foggy with buildup. The deck is cluttered with rope, paint, and other renovation tools that haven't seen a hand in weeks. It's been several months since Romeo Ramirez was in New Orleans, and lately, every day has been starting out the same. Get up, grab a bottle off the cabin's shelf, take a long pool, and toss the empty vodka bottle into the trash bin. The record player in his brain begins to play New Orleans' greatest hits. Song 1, My Handler Lied to Me. Song 2, The Green Box Ain't No Toy Box. Song 3, Doc Rondall's Favorite Toy Has Arrived. And Song 5, A Nut Like Getting Gaslit by My Handler. You've moored your houseboat in Oakland to be closer to your daughter in an effort to repair your relationship and to finish writing your latest book. Both endeavors remain incomplete. Your daughter is open-minded, but you've been hesitant. And for the same reasons why your book isn't finished, 
which in and of itself is a bewilderment to you. It started off basically writing itself, and then as you got close to the final chapters that comprise of the instances that occurred just after Schaefer's hotel room, your inspiration turned off like a switch, leaving your memories intangible and just out of reach. And as much as you don't want to admit it, you know your best decision to get those feelings back would be to return to that room in New Orleans. Agent Ramirez, can you explain why going back to New Orleans is out of the question? I think that Ramirez knows that after an operation like this, um, he's um, he's going to get sucked back into that. Um, there's way too much heat in New Orleans, and um, they know who he is. I mean, he's been seen around, um, you know, the multiple murder sites and everything. And um, it's just not a good mood. It's like they say, they always return to the scene of the crime, right? And um, he he's addicted enough to the, the unnatural where he would be wanting to go. Like you said, he wants to get that back. But it's that internal struggle where he knows it's a bad... Um, he knows it's a bad decision and he just can't bring himself to get there yet. Do you think that that instance in New Orleans is keeping you from completely healing this relationship with your daughter? I think he has a lot going on. And um, obviously that's one of the main things, but um, I imagine that uh, Romeo's ex has taken up with another guy at this point and um, not even in a bad way. It's almost one of those things where you'd be happy if this, this wasn't your kid. Uh, I think of like the Ant-Man scenario with Scott Lang. He comes back and the daughter's with the mom and that guy with the really cool gravelly voice. And um, they got a really good thing going on. And Scott kind of becomes part of the family. But for Romeo, it's more like, does she need me anymore? Even though she's open to it, it's like she'd almost be better off with this guy with the cool gravelly voice being her dad. And um, not this whack job reporter um, who shows up when he wants to all hours of the night kind of stuff. And um, that's the struggle that he's feeling right now. Who does he want to be? You stand there on your boat looking at your reflection in the mirror. And although you gave the harbor master explicit instructions not to be bothered, you hear his voice drifting down from the deck above. Uh, Mr. Ramirez, I know you were very clear that you didn't want any intrusions while you wrote your book, but uh, you have a phone call in the yacht house. He, uh, he wouldn't give his name. But he has a, a rough-sounding voice, and he was almost persistent that he speak with you. He said he knew you were there, here, where, wherever we is. I imagine the camera, like, pulls out of the houseboat, and you see this guy looking down at, like, a porthole or whatever you call it. And um, you just hear inside, he's like, how did he find me? And uh, the thing opens, and you see Ramirez and all of his wife-beater glory with, like, three-day-old spittle and, like, hasn't shaved. Um, he's like pulling his glasses on. Let's just get this over with. Okay. And it's, and it's cold as fuck too. It's, you know, the ass into December, even though it's, it's in the afternoon, you still have a heavy fog on the water line. The winds blowing brisk and, and this, this old geezer that basically runs this moored area. He's always got a perpetual state of fear on his face, even though he doesn't have anything to fear except for life itself. Um, he just kind of smiles with his few teeth. He says, okay, just, you know, you know where the phone is, Mr. Ramirez. Just, it, I, I won't bother you. Just go ahead. You, you just do it. 
And you know where the yacht house is. It's down at the end of the of the dock where all the slips are at. Seems like the exact kind of character that Ramirez would buddy up with. So he just kind of like pats him on the shoulder, thanks him, and uh, pull, pulls his little bathrobe over him. Walks down to the yacht house. And you see the phone is just sitting next to the cradle, still landline at this time. So just that deep breath of this is either going to be really good or something really bad. So he picks up the phone. Hello? Did you know a certain dictionary defines a year as a period of 365 disappointments? I don't know. I had the far side one and it, it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't say that in there. It's got some interesting pictures of cows, though. I have some interesting pictures of cows with their innards missing. Jesus. Sorry, Ramirez. I know it's been a while. Um, look, I hate to do it to you, but uh, I need to pull you in on another assignment. And, uh, you know, he know he knew it was coming, but he's like, all right, what what do we need? Where, where am I going? Well, as it stands, you're going to be going somewhere that you're going to require some real good cold weather gear. Your flight leaves in two hours out of the Oakland International Airport. All right, I'll be there more than this bathrobe. I don't know if you're looking at me right now. It'll be in the Wasatch Mountains in Utah. You're going to want more than a bathrobe. At least bring some socks. Maybe next time you send me a birthday card, huh? Let's let's stay in touch. Pick up your ticket at the gate. They're expecting you. All right, I love you too. The Anything line goes interesting? Dead. No, it's like. <laughs> Ah, he just screams into the phone and you see his coffee kind of go all over you see the old man watching you and you're like yeah okay uh huh yeah okay bye you know you don't want to I love you too got hung up on (laughs) love Love you grandpa (laughs) so Ramirez after you get off the phone call with Heisenberg you see that Harold the dock master he's still kind of waiting outside the door occasionally poking his head in making sure whether or not you're off the phone or not just he doesn't want to be rude he doesn't want to interrupt what's going on uh but right now you're just holding dead air on a receiver so uh ramirez is kind of collects himself you know um and he walks outside and he looks at harold and he does that thing where he's like hey and it's you could tell he can't remember the guy's name and he it's, it's and it catches. It, yeah, it's he's like, oh, no, 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 Harold. Hey, yeah. um, hey, can, can you walk with me real quick? I just, uh, important sure, phone call. Thank yeah. you so much. Uh, you know, I, I hate to be a stiffer, but, you know, the, the 10th is coming up. And, uh, you know, they, they really, they want to make sure that all the, all the slip fees are in. I, I just, I don't want to be a pest, Mr. Ramirez. I, I know, I know you never are too far late, but uh, if, oh, if you can no, no, make no. You, you know, I told you about my publisher, man, and it's coming. Yeah, He's always yeah. the check in the mail stuff, and yeah. you know I'm good for it. Oh yeah, I, I, I that's why I tell them all the time. Every time they're checking the slips. Uh, hey, yeah. when I, you know, when it rains, it pours. I'll throw down like three, four months of your way, right? <laughs> that's what I tell hey, them. Hey, maybe the time. I give you four months, and uh, maybe three goes on the slip. You know how I do. You know, I buy all your books, Mister Ramirez. I, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. I, I, yeah. Every time I tell my sister. All the time, yeah. I got the big writer. He's he's on he's on the docks. I I love him. You know she, she she. I think she she's starting to buy some of your books. She's she tells me she sees him on occasionally. Uh, she's going to look for them. Well, he's like, as he's walking, he's like, "Well, 
hey, you come by sometime. We'll we'll grill up some steaks. We'll talk about it. It'll be awesome, huh? Oh, that'd be great. Maybe, and, uh, maybe this this weekend. Uh, I think I'm free. My calendar says I'm free. Yeah, 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 yeah. This weekend, I'll get back with you. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, he's like, you know, I got I got to jump on a flight, but hey, um, just just a second, just a second. They kind of sure. they walked up to the Ramirez's houseboat, and um, it it's right there on the pier, and you actually maybe you see like the the name, and it says like the Me Too, and it's like scratched out, and it says the Aqua Fortune. So. Um, <laughs> He opens up the the pier. He goes in. It's you know still really ramshackle and under dis, disrepair. Uh, but he goes over to paper like a, to a table where there's some papers, and he starts leafing through them. And you see, it's like some some sort of insurance papers. And he puts them in a Manila folder. And he comes out. He's like, "Hey, hey, Harold, could you please just? I, I gotta jump on this plane. Could you just get this down to FedEx for me, please? Um, you you know I'm good for it. You know I'm good Show for it." Him his th- is the post is already paid, Mr. Ramirez? Is it... uh, and he like reaches into his pocket and he pulls out some money and gives him yeah, you know, whatever it is, whatever it is. I'll cover the difference. Okay, okay, yeah, you're good for it. You're good for you're it. The best. And he gives him like a really awkwardly strange hug that like I feel like the guy kind of holds it a little bit too long. And he's like, "All right," and like I I really gotta go. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Uh... I'll, I'll I'll batten down your your boat for you and make sure that uh you know we keep the squirrels off it too. Okay. I appreciate it, Henry, uh, Harold. Yeah. You did. Okay. Take care, Mister Ramirez. Bye. Bye. Don't don't forget. It's it's past the. It's almost the fifteenth. I got it. I got it. I got it. Okay. Cool. We shift scenes to La Rosa, New Mexico, twelve thirty p.m. Mountain Standard Time. In a motel in a small town of Tularosa, New Mexico, just east of the White Sands Missile Range, two men are waiting. It seems like they've been waiting for months, and that's no exaggeration. In an effort to maintain his strength and discipline, the man of Asian ancestry is doing two-finger push-ups on the floor, pushing from his mind the thoughts of what might be caked into this matted carpet Agent Ichimaru. Ichimaru, shut up. Agent Ichimaru Kimura, what goes through your head as you rhythmically push your body away from the ground? I tend to do them in two counts. Ichi, knee, ichi. <laughs> Sorry, had to get that out of the way. Wondering what's going on with my family, with my wife, my children, my sister, my sensei. It's been ages since I've seen them, since our last mission. It's been months. No. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's been it's been a very long time. I know they are safe, but I haven't seen that with my own eyes, so I am I am concerned, but I must trust my people to make sure that they are safe because I can't do it right now. I'm on the run. You are. But you're not alone on the run. Unfortunately. Yeah. (laughs) So as you continue to exercise, you see that you're not alone in this hotel room. The other man of olive complexion and dark rings under his eyes sits in a chair at a well-worn wooden desk with deep scratches on its surface. He stares intently at the screen of a laptop while scrolling the web, searching for... Agent Polly Odessa, what are you searching for? 
Polly Adesso is very worried about his family, even though he knows they're being taken care of. He misses them terribly, especially since the bond between them had grown strained over the time because Santa still doesn't know exactly what's going on and why. So he's searching on the internet to try to find the nanny cam for the daycare center that he knows his four-year-old son Joaquim is at, just so he could get a glimpse into the feed and to see his son. He's also trying to figure out how he could hack his wife's iPhone, or saying his iPhone, not his wife, but his girlfriend of long time. <laughs> He's trying to figure out how he can hack her iPhone, see if he can get any pictures out of her and his son. But he's not sure how to do that without leaving large electronic footprints that may compromise his position with each, as in hiding. And it's it's been months since you guys have been home and been on the run. Obviously, on the advice of your handler, Heisenberg, the only man you've known from the agency who sent you out. You've been told to disappear after your last mission, which was your last mission. I mean, sure, there have been close calls. That instance in Portland when the sanitary crew had caught up to you at the refinery where you were looking for evidence about March technologies. The entity you believe Anna, the handler, who tried to have you retired derived from but this whole time while you've been on the run having left your families behind at least they become collateral damage you've managed to stay two steps ahead of those who would want you dead and all that time you've kept your flip phone charged and it has yet to ring until now you see it on the nightstand vibrating <laughs> Polly goes over and answers it. Adesso. Do you know who this is? Yes. Say my name. Heisenberg. You goddamn right. <laughs> he just wanted to say you goddamn right. <laughs> oh, I love that part. I'm okay with that. Put me on speaker. Each. It's Heisenberg. Puts it on speaker. I would assume. I want you boys to know I've done everything on my end to get you back in the clear. And don't worry about your loved ones. They've been relocated as I said I would. That should give you a peace of mind and a sense of freedom to maneuver. Which is what I need from you both right now. I'm still playing the narrative, but I'm going to need your help with something that only agents with your background can take care of. There's a situation under development that I've been asked to send agents to curtail, and it's become a high priority. Basically, I'm being squeezed. And I've already requisitioned an agent to run with this, but to be honest, this op may require more than one. Hell, it's going to require more than two. The specifics are still in the air, as they are still coming to light as we speak. What I can tell you is that it involves some hikers who have gone missing in the Wasatch Mountains. I want to let you boys know that I've been informed that if you undertake this op, you'll be in the clear of March Technologies. They won't be haunting your ass anymore. There is a stipulation, though. Whatever has caused those hikers to go missing, they like it brought back in for study. I'm going to text you the number of one Rebecca Thornhill. She's from the program's Office of Research and attached 
to March Technologies. As soon as you can make a determination as to what's causing the murders, call her. And boys, they're going to be isolated, so watch your asses. Are we going to get a more robust mission package once we get there, including some arms and munitions and other things capable of capturing and holding something that doesn't want to be captured or held? As you had to have happened before in the past, your weapons are going to be alpha protocol. You're going to have to procure them on site. I've been able to get you on a flight that'll get you there with minimal red tape, but I'm not going to be able to get you there with any weapons at all. As far as any type of uh, way of capturing what's going on out there, once you make the determination, you're going to want to put a call into Thornhill and apprise her of the situation. From my understanding, I guess she has a team on standby. This is the lady we've met with before, I believe. Isn't that right, Odessa? I think it is. The Ice Queen, the one who still owes me a coffee, if I recall. That is correct. The one who did a great cleanup job back in the day with the Camaro. I'm sorry, boys. This is a Firebird. That that one was uh, specifically not victim of the art, but it was victim of the art. Uh, it was <laughs> victim of the art. Character, it right. was victim of the art. Okay, yeah, victim of the art. Yes, yeah, because the next one that was picture present perfect. Yeah, so it was victim of the art. Yes, Look, I remember. Uh, I don't understand. How do you know this Thornhill? You know her. We met her. Yes, we met her in one of our previous missions. Seems I believe you were told about this too, sir. I had sent you out there. I was unaware of anything other than what the uh, our friendly from the FBI. I forgot what his name is because I don't have it written down on my notes in front of me. <laughs> Heisenberg drinks a lot. <laughs> yes, we met with her. She uh, asked us to check out this situation there. We assumed that she was working with you. Apparently, that's not how it ended. So yeah, we made haste and left. That would be a negative. And the fact that you were still able to operate under my umbrella at the time just leads you to believe that she was not working cohesively with me because I was out of the loop on that. Yet now we're meeting with her. No, I said to text her and apprise well, her of the situation. Yes, sir. That's what I meant. Yes. Each you remember that Rebecca Thornhill, Dr. Thornhill, as we were introduced to her, was with the Department of Research. She had her own name team. Our friendly was Dangler. Agent Dangler. That's incorrect. Wasn't Dangler? Dangler was the but police name. <laughs> I think it was Dirk. Dirk Dangler. And he made those movies. Guy was a pioneer. Really paved the way for, you know, the bald Latino. It doesn't matter. No. So if there are no further questions, your ticket will be waiting for you at the gate at the Almagordo Airport. Heisenberg, can we trust Dr. Thornhill? The last time we ran into her, it led us to believe that there was something going on within Delta Green that made indicate that we're all not one big happy family that there are competing interests well there is an outlaw faction to the agency that uh, they're operating not just outside of the law but they operate outside of the agency altogether 
they still manage to get things done. Technically, I would almost say that you boys are now part of that because you're no longer under my umbrella of care. But I've been assured under no uncertain circumstances that if we complete this, we'll get you back in the fold. We'll get you back on the reservation again. Can you get word to our families? I already have word out to them. Uh, In a roundabout way, trying to send them uh, mail with a non-return address. Basically making it seem as though they came from you. Trying to give them a little spark of hope. So, um, that is appreciated. You know, yes, Polly, I, I just want to tell you that uh, Santa, she's she hasn't moved on yet. And it's not from other men not trying, but I've got a couple boys in the field that managed to run interference on anybody that tries to do stuff like that. I'm sure at some point she's wondering why every one of her quarters wind up with a broken hip. Um, they're starting Are they older? <laughs> Administered from the behind, you know? <laughs> Their chili ring is dust. So if there are no further questions, why don't you guys head on over to the airport at Alamogordo and pick up your tickets. They'll be under your names. Go to the Delta terminal. Give the code word Heisenberg. Will do. Oh, and uh, when you do touch down, give me a call. Will do. So at both of your perspective ends, Ramirez, each in Odessa, you guys are on your way to your designated airports and your flights take you to the Provo Airport in Utah. It's about a two hour flight uh, from both of your ends. When you guys touch down, it's four o'clock Mountain Standard Time. Odessa, as you and Ichimaru disembark the plane at Terminal 1, the flip phone in your pocket begins to vibrate. Odessa. Agent Odessa. I need for the both of you to get over to Terminal 3 and wait for the plane that just landed to disembark. You'll be picking up another agent I've sent to assist with the op. He should be dressed a little different than the other passengers. Is he wearing a suit or something? Most likely not. Can you describe him to me? Crazy. (laughs) Out. Phone goes down. Narrows it down a little bit, but perhaps a little more specific. Um, okay, Heisenberg. Yeah, I'll start, talk to you soon, buddy. <laughs> Look for the nut job. Good job. <laughs> so, as you guys make your way over to Terminal 3, you're watching the passengers begin to disembark. You see all kinds of people coming off, wearing cold weather gear, uh, families, earmuffs, and everything else. And you're wondering who you're supposed to see. Ramirez, why don't you tell me what they see as they come off this plane? Now, you don't know that you're supposed to meet anybody. 
Yeah. So I think you see, you know, the normal mom and dad coming off, like talking to them, like, that was a good flight, honey. You were very quiet. We'll let you watch more TV. That's great. And um, behind them, you see this figure and he's kind of, um, you see like the puffs of hair coming out from underneath. He's got like a ski cap on one of those big with like the ears that come down. It's got UCLA across the top. And then he's got um, earphones just just jamming on with that too and he's got um, a full beard glasses um he's wearing a big like 1980s members only jacket again that says ucla <laughs> on it and he's just moving to the sound of his own drum and uh, he kind of moves around these this family people um making a beeline towards the snack bar each something tells me this is our guy you think he looks crazy <laughs> Half the clothing he's wearing went out of style in the 80s, and he's certainly not subtle. Well, style go never goes out of style, my friend. But yeah, I have to think that this looks like our man. How do you want to approach? Do you want me to go up and talk to him congenially, and then you can ask him uh, to see a supervisor? Or <laughs> <laughs> so I think maybe we just walk up to him and say, say his name. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe we'll try a little bit gentler approach. How about I lead? Very well. So Ichi will walk up to a uh, clearly not crazy 80s stylish man. And uh, he's standing there looking at the stack bar, trying to decide what kind of pizza he wants. He's got the music still going. He'll tap, tap this man on the shoulder and say something without actually using any words just to kind of force this man to hopefully take out his earphones all right so he at, at first he doesn't yeah he doesn't notice for a second and then when he does turn he like takes off the the big you know oversized beats and um it's just like the mamas and papas going and um huh hello and he takes the earphones off hey hey how's it going Sir, do you have a minute to talk to me and my associate right over there? Do you want to get your pizza first? Talk about what? What are you handing out flowers? What is this? The the religious thing? I'm good. I'm all crazied up. Well, I'd rather uh, talk about it out just just out of this group of people here. They don't they don't necessarily need to hear what we're talking about. But one of our friends told us that you would be flying in. Uh, I think you know his name. Uh, it's been a while since I heard from him, so I can assume maybe it's been a while for you. But get your pizza and then meet my, my friend and I right over here. We're right over here by the by the uh, hot dog on a stick. Then he kind of like clocks uh, Odessa over as he's pointing at him. Okay, I'll, I'll see you in a second. Okay. And uh, he goes through the line, gets his thing, comes over, and he's got like a soda for each one of you. And he's like, hope you like orange. You good? All right. Hmm. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. And Ichi sets it down on the table. Not this is uh, my friend Polly. Polly, this is, and I leave the question open to you. And uh, he says, "You could call me Romeo Ramirez. You may have uh, seen some of my writing. Do you like I... any names off a few scientific, uh, you know, freak show journals that he writes for?" <laughs> That's what are the chances of any of us have actually heard about it, though? Can we roll for it? Yeah. yeah. What would we need in order to actually have heard some of this? Because you know, all the agents probably share the same eclectic sense of humor and, and grim cynicalness. 
If you like the National Enquirer, I mean, you know, Batboy found an attic. You mean the, the, the hot sheets? Yeah, there you <laughs> Best go. Best sort of investigative journalism. Why don't go you make an intelligence check? Okay. I like this. And that would be under the number that's next to our actual intelligence? The It'll be your intelligence times five. That yeah. Mongo number, you're going to roll yeah. underneath it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. No. I got a 39, and my intelligence check is a 90. Damn. Romeo Ramirez, I believe you're uh, an actor in adult films, it sounds like. <laughs> I missed He's my like, role. <laughs> oh, you've seen my early work, is it? <laughs> my B-roll. I, I did a few things with Dirk Diggler, you know. Paulie, you, yeah. on the other hand, are familiar with some of his stuff. I mean, being part of the, the military intelligence, it's possible some of the stuff might have come through as, as possible right-wing uh, propaganda, right? Maybe even borderlining on communist propaganda. He's, you know, I have heard of you. You're that Romeo Ramirez. You wrote an article on um, on crop circles, didn't you? Yeah, it was some kind yeah, of yeah, yeah, three on years that ago. With, with respect to underwater aliens or something of the nature. The Oklahoma the Texas thing. thing. Yeah, you read that, huh? Ramirez, I did. I tell did. me about yeah. this this book. Oh, the crop circles in uh, Texas. So it was, and it also had to do with a heroin smuggling ring, and they had an occult thing. Nobody would have believed this unless I had written it. Um, one of his first, yeah. Um, but they were the church was using the heroin in um, TikTok on Facebook to spread the the word of this false prophet. And um, to do that, they had to start these uh, crop circles, and they would show that, like from above, like from a drone, would go up and show these things they would make overnight. And um, evidently, it got enough power where it actually um, attracted like a minor something arcane, and um, they had to send in a whole fire squad and take these guys out. That's quite a book. In fact, that it's such a great description. You get the first gold doubloon of this episode. <laughs> He got so excited, he froze up. It. <laughs> it did have some of the hallmarks of our agency on it. Not so much for the crop circles, but apparently about the rituals that the cult was performing was starting to bring some unwanted attention from the other side. Yeah, that's uh, kind of my thing, you know. I they, they see these crazy things out there and they'll send me in and I just... Uh, uh, see what's going on. I, I get as much information as I can, and then I try to spit it back because you know how this stuff is. It just infiltrates, and it um, it seeps through every corner and crack. And uh, I see that I, I'm there just to put a little bit of misinformation on it, try to uh, protect and spin. What about you guys? What do you uh, do for our friend? Little this, little, 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 this, little bit of that. He's like, don't we all? As he's just chugging uh, down his uh, orange soda. It's been a while for us. So uh, okay, I believe writing. now that we've met with our friend, uh, we have a call to make. Yeah. Let's uh, find a little more isolated area and we'll make the phone call, put it on speaker so he can know that we're all together now. Ramirez, I'm Ichi. Nice to meet you pleasure hopefully you are the correct person that our friend wished us to find otherwise we will be having some different talks after the phone call 
We may have Poly, to clean. Polly, don't laugh. It doesn't help. <laughs> yeah, Ramirez is, just gets a little bit weirded out at that because he's like, oh, shit, maybe I'm screwed. Maybe I've kind of, you know, punched my last ticket. Um, so, yeah, he, he's really interested in to see how this phone call goes. I'm sure everything's fine. Uh, Polly, you want to make the call? Okay. Dial's phone. It rings once and it, it immediately picks up on the other end. Odesso. We have all the band together. Good. Um, you did confirm who you picked up, right? Correct. All right. Why the rental car you? has already been paid and procured. It's sitting in the white zone with the motor running. Your destination has already been programmed into the GPS. Call me again once you're on the road to the circled destination. Will do. Hangs up the phone. All right, this gets a little more funky. The uh, white zone has a car running in it, so we just need to go and climb in. Before we go any further, this is me, but can I get a physical description for you guys' characters? Yeah. Sam, why don't you go first? <laughs> uh, Ichimaru is five foot eight, five foot nine, a little bit taller uh, due to his Caucasian heritage. Uh, he looks. Japanese, but clearly looks mixed race. Dresses very neat, not fancy, but not shabby. So, you know, uh, nice, you know, his jeans, or at least they were, were new. His shoes were worn in, but not shabby. Uh, long sleeve shirt, a little bit of a button up, that kind of thing. But everything looks very uh, functional without the flash of anything too fancy. Polly's about 5'8". 160 pounds, quite nondescript, brown hair, brown eyes. And he, you could tell he was military, or is military, uh, being since he's still got the bad haircut that's starting to grow out, but he keeps his facial hair trimmed off completely. Uh, his clothes are basic utilitarian jeans, comfortable shoes, T-shirt. And since it's cold, he's got thick sweatshirt, and he's carrying a bag with another thick jacket he's ready for the cold i think mentioning the jacket too uh and ramirez as we're heading out he's like shrugging into an overcoat too um feeling that utah you know chill and wind coming out of you know when the, the doors open and it's just from outside who wants to drive i'll that drive polly <laughs> <laughs> yeah you find Don't, your way out to the to the white zone and you see that there's a uh, a lincoln town car oh right on we're going to style maroon, I hope. burgundy is it red yeah <laughs> with a cracked dash um, still a little bit paranoid he says to ichi he's like you cool if i'm in the back you know uh the legs they're like Ramirez absolutely is like i'll sit back you there with, with you <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking around now. I pat him on the back. You're all, you are in the clear now. So yeah, I'll sit up in front. But just remember, you know, take the gun or take the cannolis, leave the gun. You know, that's the words of wisdom. Ah, uh, yes, Puzo, I love it. <laughs> Before we get in the tr in the car, I want to check the trunk, see if there's anything in there. Okay. You pop the trunk. You see that there's a tire iron, a jack, and a spare tire. Yeah, we steal hmm. all that shit. There Nothing are, else in there. I will actually take the tire iron and just keep it in the car with us, just in case. And know? three road flares. 
Might as well. You know, those became in handy on one of our mm-hmm. missions. We'll definitely take those books, too. <laughs> All right, true. so... Uh, Explosive sausages. <laughs> Anything else in the in, in the car interior? Just, or nothing? No, nothing at all. Looks like it's just been recently vacuumed. Uh, oh. The seats recently wiped down. It, it's a pretty clean rental. Well, we get in, boots up the GPS. and it, It's already booted up. You see that it says Forest Ranger Station District 3, Wasatch Mountains, Utah. Approximate time to destination, 53 minutes. And then it says in bold red letters, there is a severe weather warning. Would I be able to search... Um, I got my notebook computer. Would I be able to like link up and just get general information, anything that, anything general that could help us about where we're heading? Do you have some kind of a, uh, what's the, like a hot, hot spot, spot or something? Yeah, hot some spot. kind of a hot spot. Eh, I could roll for it, maybe. Yeah, roll a luck. Hey, you know what? Roll that D twenty. D20, 11, okay. 11 to twenty is yes. Oh, 17. Winger. Yeah, there you Hell go. Yeah. Got to get that D20 in this episode. Yeah. So you do be... have a hotspot. Okay. Tell me what you want to search for and what you want to know. Um. So I know we're going to the Wasatch Mountains. Um, maybe just any recent news. Get an idea of anything that's going. And maybe he even kind of like gives this idea to the other guys if they want to like brainstorm a little bit. Hey, guys. You know, I'm, I'm trying. We got 53 minutes here. You, you guys got got any ideas here? Yeah, we should share what we know. We were told, <clears throat> excuse me. Yes, it'd be nice to know whatever you know. We know that we are sent by our handler to look for two missing hikers. Three, three missing two to three. Hikers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we were told by our handler that we were searching for missing hikers. Was there anything different that you were told that may help us out on our? little quest here not to sound callous but he didn't tell me dick no well we're gonna need some equipment because we're heading out to a ranger station i have a feeling we're not going to have any food equipment supplies or anything so we should at least get some snow chains for this thing get some food get some other type of supplies just in case we're stranded out there we don't want to be completely isolated like a general store or something like that i don't know do we have any funds mr handler why don't you go ahead and make that luck roll for me again? All three of you. Luck roll? Is that on a D20 or are we doing percentage? We're doing it on a D20. Okay. All right. That's 11 above DM? Or DM? Yeah, I got a Handler. 14. 11. I got 11 as well. Roll your D100s. Ramirez had a hot hand at the crap tables last night, son. 98. Dollars. 14. Fourteen dollars, and what would oh would you get, Ramirez? Fifty-seven. Fifty-seven dollars. You would think that operatives that would go off on this stuff would like keep a little uh, side cash, you know? Well, it, it makes sense though because each year been in all of you have been yeah. in hiding. I mean, they've got to basically commit some types of credit card fraud just to get funds at times, and you know, whatever it took to to try to sustain themselves because there was no no revenue coming in there was no support go rob drug dealers yeah so i mean we're driving Ramirez, up. your book sucks i'm sorry but it hasn't finished yet <laughs> good lord i mean he we're knows trying. it but like to hear it it really hurts <laughs> well, it's a niche you know the, what i'm saying it's you never know, gonna slowly, be a bestseller slowly as your royalties come in it seems like you you're almost spending them now just on creature comforts to to suppress 
all the shit that you've seen, the stuff in at the Alaskan Sea, aboard the uh, you know the freighter, the stuff that's gone oh, on yeah. in New Orleans. Oh yeah, that ship. That was you know, cool. All, all that shit is just like crop circles. It's it's eating at you, and you haven't heard from Caldwell and who knows how long. I mean, that guy yeah, basically still... fell off the fucking planet. Brother, it was me eight bucks. All right, um, so I got fourteen dollars. You got fifty-seven. We basically got nothing. We're not. I got ninety-eight. You have ninety-eight. Yeah, I rolled a ninety-eight. So I'm going to be buying this Lincoln some chains, some gold chains, my friend. And maybe we'll find uh, the nearest Walmart or Costco, and we'll probably be able to get a whole bunch of good stuff. Um, do we happen to have some of those stolen credit cards, or maybe some passable credit cards that we could use and charge some things to? Roll you. Holy roll your luck again. Okay. And that's on a D20? Yeah. All right. Well, I want high or low. I always want high. I always want high. Because you want that hard 20. Uh, 14 again. Man. Okay, so you, you do have one. Mm -hmm. Oh, good. And how reliable is it? Is it uh, we could put a couple hundred bucks on it's it? It's got $210 like a... sitting okay. on it. Got it. I tell the rest of the group. Well, each probably knows, but I'll tell... Romeo Ramirez, yeah, I got this credit card. It's got 200 bucks on it, round numbers. We can get over to a Costco and get ourselves some supplies. Some hot dogs. But they don't yeah, take credit too. cards. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. unless it's a Visa, Costco, Citibank. Yeah, and I think that maybe we shouldn't be putting anything on the card that we don't need. Just in case well, we it attracts someone here. Right. Well, we're definitely going to need some snow chains. If there's a weather warning, we don't want to be caught doing nothing and we're definitely gonna need some food supplies um a ranger well, station be able would, to buy say again i said a ranger station would probably have food there if Maybe. we need to uh, or we could pick up a box of slim jims at the at the store with the tires if it's walmart we can buy some cheap food and right. get some camp noodles get yeah, instant noodles all we need is hot water or cold water depending on how uh, how hard up we are but yes let's i say we get moving though well you know as, as people on the run i'm sure that you've done more than your fair share of midnight auto mm -hmm. and there's i don't know what that means. plenty of cars on the road i think on the um computer readout you know he's getting things saying like severe weather and it's got that thing and then um he yeah as them. you yeah. as you begin to to type away uh one of the things you're able to to pull up is confirming what each had said about those missing hikers. Interesting. I wonder what took it. Does it give any, so they're just straight up missing, no body parts, no nothing, just gone. The headline basically reads, and it's ironically, it's from a, uh, a low end, highly dubious source called Phenomenex, basically saying that, you know, several hikers went missing inside the Wasatch Mountains. Severe weather, a possible cause, but we think it may be aliens or it might be some kind of a monster. You know, there's been times that, that several people have gone missing through the last 30 some odd years in the Wasatch Mountains. And it, it starts listing all kinds of shit, like far-fetched stuff, stuff that completely defies logic. Like, you know, it says that strange lights have appeared in the sky and it gives a quote from somebody who's been dead for like the last 15 years and they're using that as as evidence that somebody saw something and they're like oh this reminds us you know this harkens back to the time in 1984 when 
two hikers went missing and their bodies were found completely unrecognizable. Their skin pigmentation had been removed. It just all kinds of gibberish. And to know, so I was going to say, so to know, to know Phenomenex, you know that it's it's like the the in, uh, Inquirer magazine. So. Yeah, so he's like, this hack doesn't know anything, and he's actually going to put a comment in there. This is just self promotion. He's like, I'm on my way. Get ready for the real story, people. Yeah, but that just gave away our position. <laughs> And anybody who's looking for us... Might as well throw a torch in the room, Ramirez. Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) Wild card, bitches. (laughs) As you're researching the weather, and you you can see that it's going to start getting worse. They don't know you're with me. But you can see, like, on your laptop, things are going to get worse. That you're in for one hell of a weekend, as far as this this weather is concerned. But one of the things that that is a, a bright point to the whole weekend is it says that you're going to have the illumination of the moon when it's going to be going to feel like it's at its closest and it will be a full moon you know throughout this whole weekend and as you start looking at it and whatnot you see a reply to the message that you just sent oh shit we'll see you soon next session (laughs) (laughs) fucking ramirez there we go. torch in the room, you <laughs> son of a good. Thank you for joining us once again on Roll the Hard 20 Podcast. Remember, you can find us and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Podcasts, and Audible. And if you like what you're listening to, leave us that five-star rating and review. We have also have a YouTube channel at Roll the Hard 20, so if you're into watching, head on over and hit that subscribe bell. We can also be found in the wild on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, so don't forget to look for us there and check us out. You can also contact the show directly at RollTheHard20Podcast at gmail.com or head on over to the website at RollTheHard20Podcast.com where you can download the current show directly pick and choose past shows from our archives or view our galleries. We've got a lot of stuff posted there, so check us out. And finally, join us on our Patreon page at patreon.com slash rollthehard20podcast where you can become a hard slinger and pick up swag. So until next session, keep your dice warm and your glass topped off as you roll those hard 20s.